everyone, welcome to the UNIC podcast brought to you by UniBridge. I'm Yun Zheng, your host for today. In our last episode, we spoke with Selena, a junior at Harvard, and left off with her journey of writing a speculative fiction novel about the future of entertainment in China. So without further ado, let's listen to her story. Let's go. I was like, okay, so I decided not to do that internship, so I stayed in Singapore. And then it occurred to me, since I have this time, like this entire summer, which literally got freed up because of COVID, right? Like, mm-hmm. And it's kind of like a like a very, very rare event, like to have like an entire free summer where you actually mm-hmm. don't have to personally feel extremely like guilty on your own that I'm not doing anything, <laughs> yeah. right? So I was like, wait, if I have an entire freed up summer, what should I do? And then, okay, the, okay, okay. The premise of this is that I have already had been working on a novel idea since 2019 when I was in New mm. York. And I was very inspired by people I was meeting there. And I had the idea of... Um, to think about what the future of entertainment would look like. And I also had a New York roommate who was obsessed with BTS <laughs> and like, <laughs> like very into the kind of new technologies of like, how do you interact um, with idols? And I was just very inspired by all that. And kind of also from like VC, right? Like when you uh, encounter new technologies in China about that. So those things were synthesizing. And then um, before COVID, um, I took a fiction workshop, an advanced fiction workshop, the same professor who taught me in my freshman year called Claire Masood. And I worked up the first few drafts, uh, like the early chapters of my novel, and mm. learned a lot about how exactly to construct a novel in terms of mm. pacing and characterization and voice and style. And I was like, okay, I'm ready. I need the time to do this. And then so when, when I like made the mm. um, choice not to fly back to the US, and then I had the summer ahead of me, it became really obvious that I should write. <laughs> like, when else am I going to write? In the, like, previously, I had a personal goal of trying to finish it before I graduated. But obviously, I don't think it would have been possible without COVID. Mm-hmm. Like, I was so busy. There was no way I could have finished it, like, by mm-hmm. 2021. That was in the pandemic. So, um, ironically, the pandemic gave me the space and the, mm-hmm. like, you know, the time and the lack of opportunity cost to actually wholeheartedly delve into my novel. And I started writing it, like, Okay, this it, it sounds like I wrote it full time, but actually, like no one can write from like morning to night. So it was like, but I did write it sustained mm-hmm. for like every single day, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's like oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm not completely done with it. So by the end of my personal goal is to finish the drafting of every chapter by um, end of December thirty first, right? Like of twenty twenty, mm-hmm. and I did that, and it was at about like uh, slightly over a hundred. 100k words right mm-hmm. and then i was like okay and um okay so so that was my personal goal and i was like i'm going to edit and revise it early months like this year and then mm-hmm. try to submit it and to query literary agents i hope to get it published so this is kind of down the line and i'm currently in what you would call like the serious editing heavy revision mm-hmm. stage. like it's so imperfect right now i have a lot more to write like so mm-hmm. and to edit so i'm at that stage now so last year was drafting. So I think about October, I had I kind of knew that I could finish and I needed to think about whether I was going to go back to campus in the spring, right? Which is like mm-hmm. this year. And Harvard was going to bring back all the seniors and my roommates were all going back and graduating except for one, like one of them. And I was like, oh, should I go back? And some people were. And then I decided, no, I want to continue my gap year. I don't think it's safe to go back to the US at all. Massachusetts has like 3,000 daily cases. So, mm-hmm. so 
um, I was like, okay, I should do an internship, right? Like, um, I think the revision stage doesn't need that kind of intensity, like intensity. And honestly, like, I don't think, like, I, I was like, yeah, I need to find a job. So, but <laughs> so, you know, right? Like for like practical reasons. Mm-hmm. So, so, and I didn't want to stay away from interning for too long because you kind of get out of the whole job search thing and the yeah, mm-hmm. the groove. So I started looking for internships, and then um, like out of like um the things that I applied for, I ended up going with um. PMO, like the strategy group, because mm. um, the futures um, team basically looks at like strategic futures for Singapore, including mm. like what would happen in the medium to long term range um, and how to do like how does that strategically matter for like policymakers around a whole of government perspective. And mm. I thought, wow, such a department existed. Like, and it was so speculative imaginative and at the same mm-hmm. time very interdisciplinary because you look at every single like aspect not just like social political technological economic but also like mm-hmm. things like that could be very very niche including like defense or like collective intelligence it's already bad and i was um yeah so i applied and then when i got it i was like cool like you know if i wanted to intend in the civil service which i've never done before um this mm-hmm. is probably the department i wanted to go to the most so yeah, so I started in January, like um, early Jan, and then I've been in mm-hmm. so far, and it has been about like a month, I think. Yeah, and I really like it. <laughs> oh, that's great! So you're just you're basically balancing between um, writing a novel and interning currently, right? Yes, and then um, I recently ended my summer job search, so I um I'll be interning in the summer as well. So yeah. Hmm. So, any plans to return to Harvard this year? This year, I want to return in September, like August, September-ish, when um, mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, my senior year is about to technically begin. So I think I will probably go back if the, like, you know, the vaccine rollout in the US is all good and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and if Harvard is opening up again to, like, more people. So, yeah, it's in my plans. But it really depends, right, on the international situation. Mm-hmm. One, I need to get vaccinated. Two, <laughs> everyone else needs to get vaccinated. Yeah, at least exactly. in Massachusetts, on, on campus. Mm-hmm. And then three, hopefully the classes will be remote. Or even if they have to be, hopefully there are opportunities for, like, one-on-one, like, interactions. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I do want to go back, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's highly yeah. unlikely currently, considering it, to intern for an, or to get for another extra year. So, I think I'm most likely, like, 80% mm-hmm. sure I'll go back. Okay. So... I think before we end off, right, um, really want to ask you more about your novel. So would you want to give the <laughs> the audience a sneak preview into your novel? <laughs> sure. Oh. So mm-hmm. um, hmm. <laughs> it's a bit difficult to describe. Also, I write about my like writing process on my blog. So I think it's more personal, like when I describe how mm-hmm. like the genesis of the idea on um, the evolution of the draft and like, you know, like if, especially if you, if you are an aspiring writer like me, I think it's very mm-hmm. valuable and please reach out. Like I love to talk to people who are, who, you know, are trying to like do their own writing thing also. So, mm-hmm. um, my novel is a speculative fiction, like, um, work is like in that genre. It's a, a speculative fiction. It's like a pretty new thing. I would say like usually people used to think of like sci-fi, right? But speculative mm-hmm. fiction is a bit broader. It encompasses, for instance, um, just five years or 10 years into the future instead of, for instance, mm-hmm. like, oh, when aliens come or like a hundred years mm-hmm. later, post-apocalyptic. So it's very much about that, but it's not fantasy because it has to retain the same cognitive rules um, that of our current world, right? Like, like mm-hmm. it has to be logically an extension. So, my idea came when I started envisioning how things would look like just 10 years off or like 15 years off, especially in China and Asia in the, um, in the field of entertainment and media. 
And I had mm-hmm. so many, like, there were so many ideas from a whole range of things, right? Including a lot of experiences I mentioned previously, like how I turn a forum, people I talked to mm-hmm. one-on-one, um, the, my media experience in New York, um, including also like venture capital when you come across like portfolio companies and startups and you mm-hmm. see what they're doing. Um, so the idea came to talk about like uh, an idol who has no privacy because of um, like, you know, AR, like augmented reality and like VR, virtual reality. Mm-hmm. And um, a bit also about, I was very interested in the idea of um, having no privacy and having um, a lot of privacy, which is for instance, mm-hmm. like a ghost writer who basically writes behind someone else's, do you know what's a ghost writer? Like, like writes behind someone else's name, like writes for them, right? But they never oh, yeah, yeah, them, yeah. right? So like, mm-hmm. like a lot of famous people use ghost writers. So like, so, so mm-hmm. that was something I was very interested in. So that became the premise of the novel, which was basically to explore what it was like for someone with a lot of privacy to write for someone with no privacy. And this all happens like 10 or 15 years off into the future. Wow. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's kind of, I guess, the premise of my novel. And there are a lot more things that are so difficult to encompass. But that's yeah. kind of what happens. And at the end of the day, there's also a love story because <laughs> I like writing love <laughs> stories. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of like, I guess, what it is about 10 or 15 years off happens in mostly in China. And then mm-hmm. about an idol and a ghostwriter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, I'm really looking forward to your, to your novel. <laughs> when is it going to be released? end of this year how do i know right like it depends on the publishing (laughs) timeline so usually no it's it doesn't happen so fast so from what i know Mm. about the publishing timeline first i need to when i finish editing and revising everything and the manuscript Mm -hmm. complete i need to send off query letters to literary agents so you cannot just i mean unless you want to self-publish or something usually you need to have a intermediary between you and the publishing house Mm -hmm. so the literary agent if she likes uh, he or she likes your work she represents you and then she sells it to the publishing houses. And if one publishing house wants it, he'll, they'll give you an advance. But if, like, you know, like a, like a prepayment. But if multiple houses want it, there is an auction for your book. Mm-hmm. And then that pushes the price up. So you get more, adv- more than advance, right? I'll be mm-hmm. happy just to get like literally like one publishing house. Like, <laughs> no, I'll be happy to literally get literary agent. Like that's the first step of mm-hmm. the game. Someone to represent you. And then um, if she sells it off, the publishing house takes over. And then it actually takes about actually a year before your book hits the shelf. So it's very slow. It's a long process. I don't think I'll have my end of this year, definitely. It'll definitely mm-hmm. be like, if I'm lucky, fingers crossed, by mm-hmm. 2022. Yeah. 2022. But, mm-hmm. yeah. But um, then the publishing house, like, you know, then um, prepares everything from the cover to the marketing to the, like, font setting and everything. Mm-hmm. And then when it hits the world, then um, there is also other things like the sale of your translation rights, like, like where do you sell it to other oh, countries? Yeah. So when they say my book has been published in thirty-seven countries, yeah, they basically mm-hmm. sell it off to like other countries, and then um, there then you get like as as an author, you can get royalties from that. So that's basically how the commercial aspect of the book will plays mm-hmm. out. So I'm not even there yet. I'm still at my manuscript stage, right? Mm-hmm. And then I have to try to get a literary agent first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if I'm all lucky, hopefully, like mm-hmm. you know, maybe like. When I graduate, I get to see my book out in the mm. world. But I'm not in a rush, right? Like, you know, I'm just happy to be able to finish it. And this is mm. already ahead of anything I ever expected of myself. Like, you know, I think before entering college, okay, during my post A levels period, I was like, I'm going to write a book. And it obviously did not happen. So I'm mm-hmm. glad that. I, and then I was like, I'm going to finish writing a book before I graduate. And then I didn't think I was on track to doing that until COVID. So yeah. So I'm happy yeah. that I had the time to do this <laughs> and the support. Please let me know when your when your novel comes out. I'm definitely gonna buy it. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, yes. I'll let you know. Yay! Yes. So 
actually, right, I just realized I missed out one of your experiences because we have been focusing so much on the humanities, journalism, you know, research. I realized that you actually interned back in 2019 with a venture capitalist before, a venture capital company before. Uh-huh, so yeah. how was that experience like, like compared to everything else? Because that's such a, you know, big contrast between your other experiences. Well, I mean, you could say it's a big contrast. It's more of like, a, I think I right, I told you I'm very interested in China, right? Mm. And obviously, I think the, the entire startup landscape, the VC ecosystem in China is very, very fascinating for me. And mm. then when, um, basically, there's this opportunity for like Harvard students, um, because a Harvard alum, Jeffrey, he basically, um, he, he's, I think, the managing director of like NLVC, Northern Life VC, and he organizes this as a way to give back to like the campus. So he literally does this every year for a group of interns, and a lot of bachelors have benefited from this. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I think when I went, it was much more of like a winter trip. It was like a winter experience where you really get like a crash course on like VC 101 and like shadowing investment professor- professionals and asking them about like, you know, how they invest, like how they do in their investments, um, mm. going and visiting startups, um, asking the founders and executives like questions about like, you know, their, um, their company and how exactly mm. they are innovating. And then, um, I think for me, it was very eye-opening in, in terms of really getting to see how it happens instead of just hearing about it or reading about mm-hmm. it. And yeah, like I think I'm like, you know, like people think that humanities is very, very like cut off from like finance or something or like, you mm-hmm. know, the real world. That's not true, actually. I would say when I say I'm very interested in humanities, it's about, mm-hmm. um, I think, a, a, a frame of mind, right? Like your ability to be able to critically think to interpret, mm. to synthesize message, and to write, and to express and do storytelling. And that is central to so many things. And I think, mm. for me, being interested in storytelling doesn't mean I only read stories or classics or whatever. It also means, right, you basically have to experience so many things from the world. And I'm very, mm. very interested in, like, um, like you know, startups and, like, VCs and stuff. Um, and, yeah, so I hope that, like, my career in the future will be able to mm-hmm. be somehow to be able to encompass all of that. I think like, you know, being able wow. to do like writing and storytelling and like um, very different kinds of things with mm-hmm. across a range of industries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's very interesting. So actually, right. Um, now that you have been through, you know, three quarters of your life in Harvard and just gaining so many different, uh, this myriad of experiences from, you know, humanities, um, literature, philosophy, China relations, you know, even like startups and venture capital, right? Do you think you have more clarity about what you would like to do in the future when it comes to career decision? Do you have like uh, any plans? Yeah. Hmm. So I do know like what I want to do, like uh, in terms of like the things that I hope to be able to use on my job and to be able and the kind of workplace environment I like. So I like like very dynamic and global places. And I know I like writing and ideas and being able to do storytelling. So those things mm-hmm. are very central and they're not limited to a certain industry, right? So I like, hopefully I get to do that at a place which continues to encourage my career goal growth over the long term. And then I personally, I because I like um, creative mm. writing, I hope like, you know, like, you know, being a novelist will be able to happen. <laughs> yeah. But I think apart from that, it's like, I wouldn't be able to say that I have mm-hmm. a very clear vision of, yes, I'll be at this place, right? And uh, this is where I'll spend like the next 10 years at. So I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't mm-hmm. think that's how I think about my life. I think about it more in terms of three to five year range. 
And I think that's very helpful. And I like that it's, you know, like I think you said your previous mm. podcast theme was about embracing uncertainty. And I love that, whatever it was that you interviewed. Yeah, I think it's important to continually mm-hmm. like um embrace uncertainty, but at the same time to make sure you're always constantly being intellectually curious, being very um like motivated and embracing new opportunities that come up. And sometimes mm-hmm. you don't actually know about a lot of these like careers until like mm-hmm. so many careers. I didn't know VC was a thing until I got to college, right? Like for me personally. So so yeah, there are many, many mm-hmm. different doors. And like you just have to be brave to keep walking through them and to keep equipping ourselves so that when the opportunity comes knocking, we are able to grab it. Mm-hmm. So I think that is some really great advice for some of our listeners, you know, being able to embrace uncertainty and just letting the process the process come to you just experience experience college like as fully as possible try to grasp like the the many different opportunities perspectives and then coming to your own conclusion um with regards to where you want your life to be in the next 10 years or how would you like to plan out your career things like that so i think that is a great way to end off to our end of our podcast so if you guys would like to check out more content about selena you can check out her blog um, and also by 2022, hopefully she will have the book published and you guys can purchase it as well. Um, and to our audience, if you'd like to hear more of these stories, be sure to stay tuned to our future episodes of Unity. And if you'd like to connect with more seniors and learn more about all things related to studying overseas, do feel free to join our Unibridge community on Telegram. You can find the link to our Telegram group on our Instagram page at unibridge underscore SG. So be sure to give us a follow. So thank you so much, Selena. And we'll see you guys in the next episode of the podcast. Bye. Bye.